I mean, aside from like actually um, having a book that's going to be published, even better to me is just the community in the writing kid like community. I mean, the way, I, I don't know. It just feels like the best place on the internet. As you may contribute a verse. I'm Brenna Jenneret, Kidlit author and co-host of this podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Munkin, Kidlit author, dad, and science communicator, and by podcast wizard, John Seymour, an author-illustrator, family man, and senior informatics analyst. Today, we talk with Audrey Perot about empathy, her days at the Scholastic Book Fair, and all the moos and whos of her publishing journey. Oh, and of course, her much-anticipated book, Moo Who, coming out with Scholastic 2024, illustrated by the Rosh Barech. Here's Audrey's verse. Um, all right, so Audrey, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> You're welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Same, just traditional chaotic soft open. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm having major imposter syndrome even being on this. So, you know, let's just work through that. We'll work through it as we talk. <laughs> okay, well, neither of us has announced recently a book deal. So yeah, called... That called Moo Who nonetheless. Oh my gosh, dude, Audrey, I saw that because I, you know, I just, I read the rights report, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like a good Mm -hmm. author should. And so I was reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, I know her. I was like, that's so clever. So I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like, I got to go and message her like right away just to be like, that was so like, so it's, it's like right there. It's one of those titles where you're like, why didn't I think of that? That's so perfect. So do you want to hear the origin story of the story? Of course. Of course we do. So, um, of course, it was inspired by my two kids. And my daughter, when she was really, really young, she couldn't pronounce bees like a lot of kids. You know, kind of like when you have a bad cold and all of your bees sound like M's. And um, to get our attention sometimes, she would pretend to cry and not like forced tears or anything but she'd just walk around going boo-hoo 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 I'm sad I'm crying boo-hoo but it was always moo-hoo moo-hoo I'm sad I'm crying I love that she said outright I'm crying like I'm (laughs) yes you know three three three-ish and um I was just like oh that's adorable you know um And my son is a very empathetic child, has been since day one. Like, even when we would read stories to him, when he was a baby, like, nine, ten months old, if we got to, like, a sad part in a book, he would start to tear up or he would lean over and he would kiss the characters to try and make them feel better. Oh, my gosh, Audrey. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sweet. Oh, my goodness. And we, like, we would sometimes, like, have to, like, be mindful of, like, any potential triggers and not that we were, like, trying to keep him from expressing his emotions. Quite the opposite. We were just trying to be, like, okay, uh, this situation that we're in right now, like, ooh, this is a really sad part in the movie. We just need to be prepared. This is probably going to, you know, instigate some really big feelings from him. And so we would just, you know, work with him through those emotions and help him feel comfortable crying and tell him that it's, yeah, it's okay. You're feeling big feelings right now. And like, and then of course it would always make me cry because when somebody's crying, I, then it makes me cry. So yeah. That's where Moohoo came from. Oh my gosh. I have to acknowledge that we're going to have to pull out the you, the you shouting Moohoo into the microphone for the- Oh, was it too loud? No, no, no. Not pull it out, but emphasize it by pulling it into the upfront part of the the podcast where that's the opening sound. Just level set for everybody. I'm I'm so glad I gave you that sound bite. (laughs) Maybe it can also be, we could use it in place in this episode for like the background the background mm-hmm. for like introducing mm-hmm. like the book reviews and like the, the community shout outs. There you example. go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, Audrey, I love that so much. And as I, as you were saying that I was thinking to myself, like 
my son is on the other end of that spectrum where I have to, if I'm reading him a sad thing, I have to sort of stop and be like, this is, this is sad. Like you, <laughs> you, you know why this is like a bummer? Cause he's like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, mama, I get it. Like it's, it's sad. He's like, anyways, did you see the blah, blah. And he'll like, you know, be pointing out stuff in the pictures or whatever. So like my, my like thing as a parent now is trying to teach that empathy, like sort of trying to like cultivate it a little bit, like even a little bit. Cause he's just sort of like, whatever, everything's fine. Which I guess is like, you know, a good, it's like a good perspective to have, right? Like the kid has a pretty like luxe life. So it's not like, it's not like he has to like experience too much hardship, but I, you know, I feel like I'm trying to really make those connections. So just you're coming from the other end. In his life. Yeah. It, yeah, or, or just, you know, acknowledge like things can be hard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. It's, it's finding that balance, right? Because, yeah. you know, you want your kids to have empathy um, and a larger worldview. Um, but also you do want them to be kids and, you know, not totally. you know, go to bed each night with the heaviness that all of us adults feel totally. <laughs> on a regular basis, you know? Totally. So, Threading that needle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. But he's, I mean, both my kids are deep thinkers and, um, I mean, whether that's because of my husband and I are, or, or, you know, who, who knows? I mean, I'd like to think we have something to do with that, <laughs> but, um, but they're deep thinkers. And sometimes, you know, like over breakfast, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I can't answer this question right now. Could you just eat your pop tart? And then like, let's go to school. <laughs> like, well, right. we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about how the universe was created and, you know, whether, you know, if God is non-binary and, you know, let's talk about those things, you know, after school when mommy's woken up and <laughs> can you right. know function enough to have those really deep conversations so i those love big it big questions yeah well done big questions. well done big questions yeah. i mean those yeah. uh, there's there's no perfect time for those questions i love the challenge of answering those but for us they usually come at like 9 p.m. <laughs> right that time is big question yeah. time yeah yeah right yeah. I think it's real chatty around that time i'm like Okay, I'm like that's a great question. You put a pin in that, and he's going. He's just let's <laughs> let's just write it on the post-it note and stick it in yes. the parking lot, and we'll we'll circle back. Yeah, <laughs> I know you come from you come from corporate communications, right? We're going to talk more about this. Um, yes, but yeah, I was I was I was trying to restrain myself from using the term parking lot because that's a that's a meeting <laughs> term for us. It is. Very much so. Um, oh, yeah. I was just nodding along. I'm like, oh yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I get that. I don't, I don't. We'll circle <laughs> yeah. back and ladder up, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. plus plus on to his talking points and all, yep. all the rest of that. Yep. Who's right. gonna qu- Who's going to quarterback this? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more about um, kids before we talk about corporate communication. How old are they now? Um, my son is 12 and my daughter is nine and their birthdays are just a day apart in May. So, um, May is our big month in our family. It's anniversaries, birthdays, every, you know, Mother's Day, everything hits all at the same time. But it's, we try to do a thing where, um, uh, we're, we're not a big, um, like, I, I like to, I guess I would use the word minimalist. Um, I like to focus on um, memories, making memories and experiences as opposed to stuff and things. And um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a goal I'm always tr- striving for um not always getting there but um so with their birthdays being a day apart instead of doing like a big party now we did try a couple years like trying to do the birthday parties and one year I did a birthday party on Saturday and then a birthday party on Sunday and then another year I did one 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 weekend and one the other weekend and it just I'm I'm I don't uh, I'm confession. Like, I don't like children's birthday parties. Like, I just, <laughs> I know that probably sounds awful as like a writer for children, but 
it's just chaos. It's sensory overload for my kids. Yes. It's sensory overload for me. And um, I usually find that like expectations are never met for mm. anybody. And it results in a huge meltdown at the end of the day. And so what we started doing instead was um, when we're able to, we do a trip. So sometimes like one year we were able to go take them to New York City um, for their Very birthdays. Cool. And it was, I made like this little pamphlet and it was like a menu. And so on my son's birthday, he got to pick everything that we did on his birthday. And then the next day, my daughter got to pick everything that we did. And so, you know, my son wanted to do the Statue of Liberty. He wanted to go to the Strand Bookstore because he is a reader through and through. I knew um, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yeah. Um, she's a reader too, but more recently, um, and um, and then she, we did the color factory with her. She wanted to do a horse, uh, horse and carriage through Central Park. Oh, um, cool! And she wanted to go to Chinatown. Um, so yeah, so it was just like letting them have the day, kind of like a yes day um, for their um, for their birthdays and in somewhere else. So try to like create those experiences and memories. I didn't get to travel much as a kid. And um, so I try to like, I don't know, give them the things that we, I, I didn't necessarily get to have. Um, and when I say things, I mean experiences. It's always a lot. And it's actually happened where my son's birthday will fall on Mother's Day. Like his first birthday was mm -hmm. on Mother's Day. Oh, and God. My husband always feels bad about it, which I think is sweet because he's like, oh, you don't get, you know, your Mother's Day to yourself. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's it's sentimental. Part. Yeah. And, well, and I'm right. like, you know what? They're the reason why I am a mom. So yeah, it just true. makes sense to celebrate their birthdays at the same time. It doesn't bother me at all. So, yeah. Do they? Uh, um, now I'm imagining a Moohoo themed birthday party as being like the acceptable <laughs> oh, celebration for you guys. I but mean, I have aspirations yeah. for plushies one day, maybe oh, if right. even if even if I have to make them myself. So, well, you got an illustrator locked in, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Can we talk again, about the mm -hmm. illustrator? Holy guacamole! I saw that and was like, what? <laughs> That's I like, know. how fun is that going to be? I just. Yeah, I, I'm telling you guys, like, well, I, I opened up with saying I've got major imposter syndrome just being on the podcast. But like, when they matched me with Ross, I was like, no, this isn't my life. No. Right, did you check? You're like, wait, is that a typo? Else. Is that for some? Yeah, right. I feel like I would have done that too. Like, oh my gosh, for real? For real? Uh, like. Yeah. And I, I think I'm still a little bit, um, I don't know. Like I was just talking to somebody, um, yesterday. I'm like, is this my, like, is this really my life? Like when you've dreamed and worked towards something for pretty much your whole life. I mean, I started writing stories when I was six with the aspiration of wanting to one day be a published children's author. And wow. I know a lot of us have, you know, those types of stories and um, the fact that I've been through all the things that I have in my life, um, like, again, many of us have, and that I'm on this side of things and it's coming true. It is true. I... I mean, I'm seriously like, I hope this feeling never goes away. I hope that I always feel this same um, level of disbelief in like a good way and joy and gratitude and um, yeah, just that it, that I, I hope I never get used to this. What a, that's a really good sentiment. <laughs> so you hope that this never gets normalized. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I, you've already established that you're a crier, so we'll move off the sentimental stuff. <laughs> um, I want to call out for the recording because I can imagine people going like, oh, Audrey's really excited about Ross. Who is Ross? I'm going to stop the recording mm -hmm. and go Google it. Ross, Fair. you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation of his name. Ross Burak? Bur yeah. Bur Burak? 
Is that right? Uh, okay. Very, very plushy, friendly art style there. Right. I'm imagining like, you know, fill it with water and then squeeze it and the tears come out. Nice. Yes. And I mean, and just his um his ability to draw humor. Um, That's a I mean, really good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Muhu and obviously, um, you know, when writing the manuscript and it's been, it, it had been through there, there's this, so you guys got the story behind what inspired Muhu, but there's also a story about the actual like manuscript of Muhu and it's been on such a journey. Um, yes. Tell, so, tell the whole thing. We're so, so for it to be where it is now is that's the other piece of it that again is um, kind of puts me in a state of disbelief, and um, in a, in the best way, in the best way. But um, Muhu is really kind of like the first manuscript that I wrote with the intention of querying and hopefully getting published. It was, I went to, um, so for those of you who don't know, I was um, the editor and copywriter um, for the marketing team at Scholastic Book Fairs. Oh, Um, I did not know that. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah. So, um, and again, that was one of those um, like dream jobs. So I grew up in Florida and the book fairs office was actually, um, um, in Lake Mary, Florida. Um, it was the only arm of Scholastic Inc. that was not in New York City. Oh, and crazy. So driving to high school, I would drive past the Scholastic offices. And of course, like this lifelong dream of dream of wanting to write children's books. Um, I would just drive past Scholastic like multiple times a week and just be like, one day, one day I'm gonna like work there or write for them or something. And I went to um, University of Florida for college where I started off in journalism, but ended up in the um, liberal arts college studying English with a children's literature track. And um, so studied children's lit all through college and then graduated and ended up in nonprofit communications and loved it. So it was always writing, 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 but, um, I didn't mean to give you like my whole, like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but the whole journey, it's all, it's all a part of the journey of really of, of which makes, you know, where it is now, um, just that more, um, incredible in my mind. Um, so anyway, so, um, life happens, um, things happen. And then, um, I end up a few years ago applying for the job of editor and copywriter at Scholastic Book Fairs. And it was one of those things I had been sick for about two years and come out of that and was like, okay, like (laughs) mommy needs to get a real job with benefits. Um, to uh, make things work. And that job came up and I was like, no. Okay, well, this is a long shot, but I'm okay. Like, what have I got to lose at this point? And I got the job and I got to work with children's authors, all the scholastic book fairs, flyers. I got to write and edit those. I got to read the books and write the video scripts for all of the book fair video trailers. Um, a couple times I got to go on set and direct people like Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. With scripts wow. that I had written about and their you're books. you're intimidated by being on a podcast. <laughs> with with us. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I appreciate that. I am humbled because uh, this. I mean, that's incredible. Wow! It was it was it was an amazing experience um, working there. But when I was there, so like, I was there, and I'm surrounded by all these children's books, right? And I'm like working my day job. That's like my dream job too. But um, I 
obviously became friends with some people there. And one of my dear friends and mentors, Ed Massessa, who has many of his own books out, I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> you know, I was like, right. I, I, I don't even know where to start. And that's where he was like, you know, he's like, I always tell anybody who's just starting out that's really wants to take this seriously. Um, I direct them to SCBWI. And so I was like, okay, what's that? <laughs> and um, he's like, well, hey, I'm going to the New York conference in February. And this was in 2016, I think. And um, he's like, I'm going to the New York conference. Why don't you go too? And I'll just introduce you to some people. And I'm like, shut up. Like for real? What a get. <laughs> right? Right. So, wow. Um, so I listened to my La La Land soundtrack for like months, thinking like, this is it. This is my audition. Yes. Like it's my time. Someone in the crowd is me. That's me. And <laughs> yeah, I, know. I love I love that. <laughs> you know, and so I get to New York, you know, you're in the publishing mecca, you're surrounded by all these people, and oh my word, guys, I I had one of those moments where I was like, walked in and I'm just starstruck and nervous. Um, and again, pinching myself that I'm even there as just like a nobody. And um, I run into somebody and um, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I was asking where like the room was that we were having like the main like speaker in. And then I realized it was Jane Yolen. And I was just like, <laughs> I didn't even know, like, like, just such a newbie, such a newbie. Wow. Um, even though I was like working in children's books and everything, I was just like, oh my gosh, like just silliness. Um, so anyway, so I left that, you know, how you, when you go to those conferences, you get like the freebie tickets to, um, submit to editors and agents and I had my first draft of Muhu and I'm telling y'all it was a first draft <laughs> <laughs> and I think querying too early is just a part of everybody's journey I have talked I, I, about I, it so often mm. yeah uh, yes yeah you just have to Get it out of your system, right? Like <laughs> Right, right. So I had my first draft of Muhu, and I was like, Sylvie Frank is going to love this. <laughs> Sylvie Frank, I was on the panel with her last night. Yeah, she's oh, great. I bet amazing. she would love Muhu. Yeah. Well, not that first draft. <laughs> so. Maybe not the first draft, but I mean. <laughs> and I totally don't blame her in any way. Um, but um, that's really where Muhu started. And it went through so many different revisions. Um, and it got really close with a couple um, people when I was unagented. And then I applied. Wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. Just just to interject real quick. So your first draft, right, of Muhu that you wrote ever, ever got close with a few people. I mean, before you even had an agent, that, I mean, that says a lot. Well, not that first draft, like a, a few iterations. <laughs> okay, okay. But, yes, but yes. still, but yes, still. I yes, just wanted yes. to make that point. Like that, that is very impressive. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was not that first draft. But um, so I ended up, um, sending it in for a couple um, awards, like the Rising Kite after, I mean, this was probably like version six or seven at this point. Um, so like the Rising Kite for SCBWI and um, and the Beaming Books National Picture Book. I don't know if they do that award anymore. But I was just like, again, what have I got to lose? I'm just going to submit it. And um, it ended up winning. <laughs> A couple oh, of those. Wow. Which ones, Audrey? Um, it won the 2019 Beaming Books National Award. Wow. And it won an honorable mention um, for the Rising Kites for the Florida 
um, SCVWI contest. Okay, so what so what year was that? I'm just trying to sort of track because I mean we you know everybody uh, when you talk books anywhere always talks about how long it takes, right? So I'm just sort of trying to put a timeline to this because that's crazy, right? Like first draft in 2016, then it's winning awards and it's still not published until 2023. Or does when does it come out? 2024? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so it won the Beaming Books Award in 2019. And by that point, I had been querying other stories. I had written other stories and polished and gotten into a critique group and, you know, done yeah. the things that you're actually <laughs> supposed to do. For sure. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I had queried my now agent back in 2018 um, with Moohoo and got a full request for him to read others. And um, it ended up in a pass. Um, oh, in 20, in 2018. Um, and so I just kept, I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep writing more. And sometimes like, you know, like you go through waves, right? When you get the passes, you're like, you have all these hopes put into them and then you get the pass and you feel dejected and, you know, this is never going to happen. And, um, I have a really good friend who's an illustrator and she said um, she's been a cheerleader since day one. And she was just like, set the timer on your phone for 24 hours. She's like, you are allowed to be depressed for 24 hours. And when the alarm goes off, stop it (laughs) and write something else. That's great advice. I feel like, yeah. And I would literally do that. I would literally set the alarm on my phone and I would let myself wallow and you know all about it and and so I just kept writing and writing and then I applied uh or I entered those contests and ended up winning those and um I had a couple full requests out that ended up in passes again and I was just like and I was, I'll sh- I was I'll show feeling, you guys. I was, I mean, in some ways it was that kind of motivation, right? Like I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> um, not in like a, a, a snippy or icky way, but just like it was that reverse psychology that totally. works re- really well on me. Works really well on me. Totally. And, and there was a PB pitch on Twitter in October of, um, 2019. And, um, I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I never get any likes. Like I put all this thought into these pitch. I'm not gonna, I'm just not going to do it now. And I was just <laughs> having a very like toddler tantrum moment about it. And my dear friend Gladys was like, what have you got to lose? Just do it. Like you've already written the pitches, like just throw them out there. Yeah. Always I, the tweets. I like yeah. Gladys. I like that whole, I like that whole delivery of how yes. Gladys said that. Just do it. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. And so I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so I scheduled them to, to tweet out and I went to my day job at the advertising agency I worked at. And, um, I got a Twitter DM, I got a like and a Twitter DM from my now agent, James McGowan. He was like, hat in hand, sorry I passed before (laughs) I remember you. My bad. Well, he did remember me. And I think that that's a really important note for, um, people out there querying and people that do have a social media presence that, um, you know, agents and editors are paying attention. And, um, and he said, he was like, Hey, um, I'm surprised you don't have an agent yet. Um, can you send me more stuff? And I was like, Oh, absolutely. Yes, I Um, can. (laughs) But at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, but I've also been here before. So with with him too, right? Right. Yeah. So it's so hard to like temper those expectations, right? Because you're not trying to put out the bad vibes into the universe, right? And like anti manifest, Gerald, I'm talking to you. 
And, right, you want to also walk that line. Take a shot. Take a shot. <laughs> right? We mentioned because Gerald. got to just <laughs> – the gold bug. The gold bug. The gold bug. It's happening. <laughs> I also – I wanted to circle back just real quick about what you said about, yeah, agents and editors are paying attention because we've talked about that before, right? They sort of like they, – they have this sort of like running list in their head of like people they're sort of like keeping track of, right? And like – um, I know Jennifer March Soloway specifically had mentioned, you know, she will sort of watch people and wait until they're ready, right? Until they're sort of like prepared or like more polished or whatever. Like she likes whatever it is they're doing. It's just not the right time. And she will sort of keep tabs. So like, yeah. you know, it sounds like a similar story. So I yeah. didn't mean to cut you off, but That's so we're okay. back we're back with James, tempering expectations. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to keep really, I, I like to say they're open expectations. I try to keep keep things open. So I sent him and I sent him the, um, um, the manuscript and then the others. Um, and they were different ones than the manuscripts that I had sent as on the full a year prior. And so again, like not knowing like if they would hit the right spot or not. And um, he messaged me, he emailed me back and I mean, quickly and said, um, it was that email that said, you know, are you available for a phone call? I'd like to talk about your future in children's book publishing and your career. And I was just like sitting at my desk at my day job. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so then I start texting Gladys. And, and she's like, leave work now. You need to go have this. And I'm like, I can't like, I'm like, I'm I'm in the middle of work. And she's like, tell them you have a foot injury. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Tell them you're sick. Like you got to (laughs) go. And I, I know from like, personal experience, you don't need your feet for advertising, unfortunately. I'm with Gladys. I'm with Gladys here. <laughs> get, up, get out of there. So I I stayed at work until, you know, I, I did email. I, I stepped out for a few minutes and just messaged him and said I could, you know, meet uh, for a phone call after work. You're like, um, I, I guess I could meet. I mean, it's like, whatever. You're all casual. Oh my gosh. Right? Like, it's, it's I mean, no big deal. <laughs> no, I mean, it is like writing, r- writing that email back and like, have I used, you know, up all the exclamation points in the entire world? Okay, scale yes. it back, Audrey, scale it back. <laughs> yes, I feel that. I wrote an email to my agent semi-recently and I was like, okay, now that I've used all the exclamation points, mm-hmm. I'll let you go for the day. Thank you very much. Bye. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I feel like it's important to at least, at, at least be aware of your proclivity for using exclamation points because that's going to that's going to characterize your relationship with your agent both of you I think probably totally it's so it's the exuberance well <laughs> right so and I mean I knew from interacting with him just on social media that like I really enjoyed his personality his sense of humor um the other clients that he represented I liked all of their work like I I had a really good feeling about it um and so we had the call, which gave me an even better feeling about it. And, um, but I, I tried to, I have no chill as you guys can probably <laughs> tell. I have no chill. Um, but I, I had enough chill to say, could I take the weekend? Even though like I knew I was going to say. Yeah. Right. That. You're not like, no, yes. Right now. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, but I did have a few, I did have a few foals out. So I, I did need to do my due diligence and follow up and nudge those other agents. Um, but when I emailed him to accept his offer, I said, I am more excited than Jesse Spano on caffeine pills. Nice reference. <laughs> I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. <laughs> Which got the exact response I was hoping for back from him. I was like, this this is gonna be a good this is a great match. So it's been um fantastic working with him. Even the first two years. So to all of those people who are on sub for a long time, I was on sub for two years until the first um, manuscript sold, which, um, is coming out in summer of 2024 with, um, Putnam. And so 
you know, you kind of like go through all of that all over again. Like you're like, oh, yes, I've got the agent. I'm going to go on sub. And then you're like, yes, this first one out. I'm going to have my sale. And you deal with a lot of the same rejection and getting your hopes up and um, passes. And that's just part of the process, but it's very hard. It's very hard. It's just, I I don't know any part of this career or journey that is like, oh yeah, that was easy. (laughs) I know like on this side of things, like when you see the announcements in Publishers Weekly and you're like, oh yeah, you know, it looks all shiny and like it just happened. Audrey's got it together. She's just like sent that through. It's all good. Yeah, right, right. It's time for this week's book reviews. John's review for this week, Inside My Imagination by Marta Artiega, illustrated by Susanna Sileja, is a magical masterpiece that takes you on a wondrous journey into the realm of our inner selves. The story encourages us to embrace our unique voices and become the kings and queens of our own creations. And it reminds us that our imagination has a voice of its own waiting to be set free, or rather, be born. The synergy between the illustrations and the story is awe-inspiring as they complement each other to create a work of art that borders the realm of imagination itself. Josh's review, Holy cow, Britta Teckentrup must be tired of drawing swing sets. Her 2023 book titled simply The Swing is a book to love for a bunch of reasons. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's a meditation on the passage of time, the importance of magical places, and of family and it's absolutely rule-breakingly long from the perspective of a picture book writer. At a whopping 160 pages, what's maybe most surprising is how she paces the fewer than 1,000 words throughout, with many wordless spreads and several filled with text that tells a specific story. This is a gentle, beautiful book and a great reminder that there's room for all kinds of projects and visions in the marketplace. My review for this week is Big by Vashti Harrison. Hot damn, this book grabbed me by the heart and didn't let go. An emotional journey of what it means to be big in a world that prefers small. It goes straight to your core. It's a story about fitting in, standing out, and the power of words to both hurt and heal. Sparse text and soft, beautiful illustrations pull the reader through this powerful tale. Don't forget to get your own reviews and library requests in. It's the number one way to help an author's sales. Let's be real, being an author is hard and we can all use a little shout out from time to time. Help support the podcast and add to the Kidlit Joy Bubble with a shout out for a critique partner, a new draft, a contest win, or just because it's Tuesday. Email the shout out to firstshowpod at gmail.com and we'll get it on the next episode. This week's shout out is for Ting Mei, Audrey's daughter who has a big hospital stay this week. Ting Mei, myself, Josh, John, and all the authors and illustrators you love are listening and cheering for you. We hope you get better quickly so you can get back to making your own books and teasing your brother. Thank you for making the joy bubble a little bit bigger this week. And just a friendly reminder that we have merch now. If you love the show and want to support more episodes like this, consider grabbing a cool mug, an adorable sweatshirt, or a totally awesome tote. And now, back to our show. I I just want to point or bring up real quick. So yeah, anyone who is listening, like, yeah. Audrey took, right, it was two years that you were on sub before you made your first sale. And I just want to, I just want to say, this is a specific thank you to you, Audrey, because I was on Discord one day, like a couple months ago, right? And I just was like, guys, like, I, I just was having a rough day, right? And I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, should I, is it me? Like, am I just, I'm just a horrible writer? Like, should I, you know, whatever. And I, it just was venting. And Audrey took the time to direct message me and just be like look it's okay it's not you like it takes a really long time and I just I very much appreciate that I mean this is it's part of why we do the podcast to sort of like shed a little bit of light on this stuff because yeah it's it's not easy like some stuff is like oh I can't believe that just happened but it's like you put in all this time and all this effort and all this work and the ups and downs and the roller coaster of it all and I just I I mean, thank you for sharing all of that with us because it it helped me immensely. It made me feel like just a lot better because I was. It was kind of like that with like what Josh said. Like Audrey's got it all together. Like she 
she says I'm okay. Like maybe I am okay. Right. So like, it's just like sort of spreading a little bit more of that. So anyone who's listening, you know, like take that in, like it takes, it takes a while. It's not you. Yeah. Be somebody's Gladys. Yeah. Right. Be the Gladys. (laughs) Yes. And that's, and that's, and that's, I'd say like, I mean, aside from like actually, um, having a book that's going to be published even better to me is just the community in the writing kid like community i mean the way i I don't know it just feels like the best place on the internet and i have a love-hate relationship with social media i was a social Mm -hmm. media manager at the advertising agency i was at so i got to see like the really dark side Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but also um, just how encouraging and supportive and the way everybody cheers everybody else on um, in the kid lit world. Ah, it just feels so good. And I had, I had wonderful people like Ed and um, my friend who's now an agent, but is also an author illustrator, Ethan Long. Um, like mentor me and just like encourage me. And every time I would feel like rejected and dejected, they'd just be like, nope, keep going. Like it's never going to happen if you stop for sure. (laughs) It's definitely not. Um, And just those people that'll pick you back up, you know, they let you go back in your hole when you, you know, need to take some time off. Um, but then say like, Hey, how's it going? How's it ready? What, what, what have you written? That's new. What are you excited about? Do you have any ideas that are just like nestled in your brain and, you know, poking you until it's like, write me, write me, write me. <laughs> um, that's another snippet we can pull out. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell I used to work in PR? Our, so I yeah. know how to, I know how to make sound bites. <laughs> It's sound effects, sort of, though, is a different level. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying, Audrey, reminds me of um, the Seinfeld episode, which I reference Seinfeld on this podcast like a lot, and I don't know why. I but it's, it's, it, yes. I know it comes up like kind of a lot, but it reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where George is trying to break up with this girlfriend of his at the time, and she's just like, nope. Like, you're trying to break up with Kidlet, and Kidlet's like, I don't think so. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, and George is just like beside himself. He's like, um, okay. Like, I, he's like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, all right, I guess we're not broken up. Like, <laughs> that's sort of what it seems like though, right? Like Kidley keeps pulling you back in. Cause it's, yeah, it is. It's just like a generous, like thoughtful, kind community. And I feel like, yeah, we say that all the time, right? Like we're all, we all get no's a lot. So being able to say yes, even if it's not to yourself, right. It's to somebody else. Like, yes. Like, let me help you or let me celebrate with you or let me like whatever. Right. It just makes, it just makes everybody feel good. So. Despite, despite how similar you are to George Costanza. (laughs) That was not the point. I just mean, (laughs) kid let Walt and Audrey go. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) But so, okay. So to, to get back to, to the timeline. So when did you sign with James? So I signed with him literally like a few days after our call. And that was in October of 2019. So my- Boy, same much as, same month as PB pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, he, he offered the same day that I, that he liked my pitch. Um, Wow. And um, so then we went out on sub with not Muhu, actually. Um, we went out on sub with one of my others. And you know what happened in 2020? <laughs> I, I have a vague recollection. Yeah. <laughs> so that first manuscript we put on sub, um, I still love it. I still love it. Um, And, you know, I don't think it's shelved forever. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't go anywhere. It got, it got two R&Rs, revise and resubmits, for those of you who don't know, uh, from two different editors, but ultimately it passed. And it, it had to do with a girl and an airplane. 
Well, in 2020, you know, everything was grounded. So mm, no airplanes. <laughs> there were like nobody was traveling. Like it just like it, uh, when all of that went down, like so did my manuscript. Yeah. Was that one was that one on sub for two years or just two years no. total of different okay. Yes. So we subbed that one and then we subbed a second one after that one, after the first. Uh, which also didn't go anywhere. It got some R&Rs um, and it made it to acquisitions at, at one and then ultimately didn't um, get an offer. Um, and then the third one we put out, um, that, that was the first sale. That was a hat for house. So um, yeah, so almost two years really to the month that because a hat for house sold in September of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of haven't haven't talked about a hat for house. No, we haven't. So (laughs) is, is that going to be early, early next year? So you have a year yet for a hat for house. So uh, yeah, a hat. Well, it's funny because again, like timing of everything. So a Hat for House was the first sale and was going to be my debut. But because schedules change and based on, you know, other factors, you know, as we all know, Picture Book is a collaboration between lots and lots of people. Um, that one is scheduled for summer of 2024. But um, Muhu is actually going to come out in spring of 2024. So Muhu will be coming out before. Um and, um, yes, but a hat for house is, oh, I don't, you know, I talked about my, I talked about this with my therapist, um, about how, like, um, I'm all about normalizing therapy. Oh yeah. Normalizing. Totally. Um, so I talked about this with my therapist though, about like, why do I feel so down every time, um, an editor passes or an agent, you know, when querying on, on a manuscript. And it's because you can't help but write yourself into your stories, right? You love these stories. You love these characters. There's parts of you that are in every single one. So when you get passed on, it feels very personal. Like not, I don't like your story, I don't like the parts of you that are in this story. And I know that that's, you know, um, taking it to a different level, but I, I, I was working through my feelings about um, when I was on sub for so long and not getting any sales yet. And I was talking with her about a hat for house and um It is about a house. It's an anthropomorphic house who has his roof blown off during a storm. And all of the critters and people and community that come and help put him back together and make him feel like his full real self at the end. And it's a very uh, personal story for me. And I was talking with my therapist about it and um, she's like, well, why, why this story particularly? And I was like, I don't know. I can't like, I didn't like, I wrote it because it was inspired by this adorable thing. My friend's two-year-old said um, when there was a house being built in the neighborhood and he saw the house that didn't have the roof on yet. And he goes, oh, that house doesn't have his hat on yet. And I was like, well, that's adorable. And also that that child sounds British. Oh, that's just me. I know. Sounds like Charlie. He doesn't have his hat on yet. (laughs) I cannot wait for Dead Manuscript Society when you pull out that manuscript with the voices because I feel like it's gonna be (laughs) Oh my. I know. I'm I'm a mess. But um Um, so that's what inspired it. It was this cute little kid saying this cute little thing. Um, and then I wrote the story, um, 
But as I was talking through it with my therapist, she's like, well, who's house? Like, who is house? And I was like, oh, I've never really kind of thought of all that. I was like, well, I'm house. She's like, okay, so who's the storm? And I was like, oh, you know, when sometimes your therapist asks you a question, you're just like, 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 your head explodes. And I was just like, oh. And she's like, and who, who are the squirrels and the birds, you know, and who are, who are the neighbors and who are the construction workers? And I was just like, oh, and I just had this moment where I was like, you know, like where I was like, my subconscious must have been writing pieces of me and my story into this other story that on the surface level is adorable and sweet and about community and about this character who happens to be a house, you know, finding his true self and feeling whole again. Um, Blew my mind. So it's a very special story to me for, for a lot of reasons. So normalize therapy so that you can have some writing breakthroughs. (laughs) You're right. Right. Another tool in the writing box. That's right. Stormers. You know, it really is. I mean, I'm a firm believer that everybody should have a therapist just like they should have a dentist, just like they should have a general practitioner. It's all health related. That's my motto. Totally. I feel like it's good to have a, you know, an impartial third party to just be like, like, here's all the, here's all the stuff. Like, please, please tell me what to do with this. Sort it, sort it into my mental house. Yeah, yeah, and tell me tell me my next writing idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, right. It, it's interesting. I've talked about this in other conversations for the podcast. Um, working in co- communications and marketing, um, there there's a shell that I've personally built for the things that I write. I mean, f- for Kidlet as well, in an attempt to sort of remove some of my ego from my writing, which is really important for the day job because that'll just get rejected, rejected, not even passed, but just, you know, right. I'm going to tear this apart. This thing that you took lots of time writing. Um, it, it's interesting reflecting on your experiences with your writing. You haven't necessarily built that up or built that into your writing process or your thinking process. Like there, there is emotion that goes into it. There is um, self and things that you see about yourself in your writing that um, I sometimes intentionally don't do when I write to keep keep that that distance. Hmm. Interesting. And and I I think I think maybe I had a preconceived notion about the way the way that you might approach uh, approach your writing, given the fact that we have similar experiences. Um, again, talked about this before, but there's a certain amount of kidlet that is sort of to me writing to spec, but writing to spec that is un unspecific. Um, kind of like publishability criteria that um, it is a goal more so than relating um, like a like a personal experience or putting myself into my writing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, as an assertion. Mm-hmm. A little bit. You want to unpack that further, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> What's your hourly nice. rate order? Nice. <laughs> Maybe we can get better help to sponsor the podcast, Josh. <laughs> They do literally every other podcast. They, they really, really do. do. Yeah. Really and do. I mean, I think writers are a great niche to tap into. So now that we've mentioned them, I can tag them in the show notes. There you go. <laughs> is this, a, this is an intervention for me to go actually go get a therapist so I can work through some of my, my writing issues. Or to use <laughs> Break writing. down those walls. <laughs> right. Or to use writing as sort of like a catharsis because sometimes that's what it is, right? Like I write a lot. I, I write a lot, right? I write a lot of stuff. So like there are some versions that I'm like, just like stuff just gets poured into it. And I read, I, you know, will read back and I'm like, Ooh, this is not, I am not sending this, you know, mm-hmm. to anybody, but it was helpful to get to, you know, the end point of whatever that was for or whatever. Like I recently had something posted about our dog who died in September on our road trip. And I tried and tried and ride to like twist it and bend it and make it like funny and light and just like you know sort of this like humorous like 
story about a, a dog that you know that this little girl cared about and it wouldn't it just wouldn't it just didn't come out that way and i was like fine i will write it the way that it's in my head but i'm not gonna be fine, pleased read. About it. yeah i'm like all right i guess i'll be sad right so i like wrote the thing and it felt it felt better and it was like it came out it came out you know a lot better than i thought it would and it ended up you know being it, it resonated you know with the audience, with like other people. And that's sort of, that is sometimes, you know, what is meant to do. So I don't know. I, I fought it for a long, long time, but sometimes that's just, you know, that's for the good of every, you know, everything involved. Like it helped me, it helped me get through it. It helped me sort of like put it out there and connect with people and sort of like, you know, give, give Denver, like, like honor her in some way. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm a big believer in, well, first of all, I love Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. Um, Oh, yeah. If you haven't read it, um, it's for any creative person, but obviously she's a writer, so it is geared towards writing. But the the idea, and it's a little woo-woo, I guess, if, if, if you take it that way, but, you know, the belief that ideas are like living, breathing floating um uh beings that um you know come to you and they try to find a host if you will and um you know find the right host and will you know tap on your window if you will um until you pay attention to it and you take it and say okay yes i will take this and um, and if you ignore it long enough, or if you don't do anything with it long enough, it will go off and find somebody else. And, um, I know it's a little woo woo, but no, I like that a lot. That's a great but, way to put it. But I will say that like, sometimes there are story ideas, or even if it's not like a picture book, so maybe it's a poem or I'm just really deep in my feelings about something, um, And I have to write it. And sometimes I don't even remember writing the thing. I'll go back and I'll read something and I'll be like, I don't remember writing this. I don't remember like that moment. And I'll be reading it. And I'm just like, did that come out of me? And sometimes I, and I've, and I've thought this many times. I'm like, sometimes I think I'm just the vessel for the words to get on the page. Um, like I'm not, it feels, there are times where it feels like I'm not even writing that I'm not even thinking the words. It's just like, they're pouring into me from somewhere else, someone else, however you want to view it. And I'm just there to make sure it gets on the page, whether it's for anyone to read or not. Mm, It's for me to process what I'm feeling at the moment. It's a version of channeling the muse letting Mm. like letting the muse run through you but also uh a version of that where you're sort of melding with the idea Mm -hmm. it's not just Mm -hmm. flowing through you it's it's taking a part of you with it kind of Mm. yeah yeah sorry my dog was eating next to me really (laughs) delivering some levity into the point that we're making (laughs) um I was going to say, though, we are getting close to the hour, and I want to hear your dead manuscript. So if, you, okay. if you're if you into it and you want to, we can do I, that now. I am. So I okay. I had it, as I said in my um, email to y'all, I, I had it narrowed down to two things, and I read them both aloud for my my husband and kids last night. And I was like, tell me which one I should read. And it was unanimous that they wanted me to read um, the flat rat one. Oh, the flat. Okay. All right. This I'm is into the one it. That I was hoping for. <laughs> so I'm sure back, I, have, I know. I, I, I feel like I could. Uh, I always have stories about stories. Um, the story behind this one is I was in New York City for a belated birthday trip last March. And outside our Airbnb on the sidewalk was this flattened rat. And it, like, didn't have a head. <laughs> and it was just, <laughs> like, rat. 
smushed on the sidewalk and I almost stepped on it the first time. And I was like, ah! and, um, but then I was like, Oh, Hey. And I just like made a funny little thing about it. And I was just like, Oh, Hey, flat rat. And so then every time we passed it, I said, hi, <laughs> hi to awesome. flat rat. And <laughs> Y'all are getting like the full Audrey spectrum today. It's perfect. And um, um, so anyways, thankfully, my husband is usually amused by me. So he found it amusing. And on the plane ride home, um, I was just like, again, the words came to me and I was like, I need to write something. So I wrote a poem and um, it's called Ode to Flat Rats by Audrey Perot. Okay. I walked along the New York street with careful steps and two quick feet. Watch out, the car! A bike flew by when something fuzzy caught my eye. Oh, rats! It was so flat and wide, four feet, one tail, no head to find. Flat rat, how sad! What happened, dude? Did someone run you over? Rude. Or did a box fall from above the buildings tall perched high with doves? A dog maybe got hold of you? I doubt it though. These dogs wear shoes. Whatever reason for your fate, I'm glad my path crossed yours, rat mate. Each time we met, I had to say, I am so grateful for this day. It might seem strange to think of that when others see a flattened rat, but here's a truth we all must know, that life goes by, and then it goes. As days would pass, I'd watch my step say, hi, flat rat, and find some pep. And there upon the sidewalk still, you lay in snow and sun until our final day would come and go with one last friendly laugh, hello. I wonder, did the sweeper sweep you off the sidewalk past the feet of busy eyes glued tight to screens, not taking in the city scenes? They're missing out. We know it's true that life is short, my flat rat boo. So live and love each day, my friends, and write the tales that never end. And when you feel like none of that, please think of me and my flat rat. Oh my gosh. I, is it Tails? T-A-I-L-S? Yes. Yes. Awesome. And I love the rhyme of rude and dude. And I love that you called the rat boo. I, thank you so much for sharing that. I loved all of it. True, true indictment of New York City Public Works. Right? The number of days. Perhaps they can use it. Yeah, right? (laughs) Right, right. It was just, you know, bringing some levity to, you know, what really happened to my flat rat dude. And just, you know, um, you know, paying attention and living life. I I have this motto where I say, you know, live while you're alive. Um, You know, is, you know, a big part of how I try to live each day. And poor little flat rat, I hope he lived every day like it was his last. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor flat rat. I know. I imagine lots of pizza, crusts at least, and, uh, you know, other good stuff. Yeah. 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 I'm sure he did pretty well. (laughs) R.I.P. flat rat. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. Um. Audrey, thank you so, so much for coming on. Is there, I know that we, like, we covered a lot, but it also went yeah. super fast. Is there anything you wanted to, like, mention before we let you go? Um, gosh, um, I should have had something prepared, I guess, but. Um, oh, it's okay. No, we did. I mean, we covered a lot, like I said. We did. Yeah, no, I just, you know, I just hope that, you know, um, fellow picture book and, middle grade and kid-lit creators out there, um, find community in, um, in 
Discord or Twitter or, you know, SCBWI or a critique group. I just, I just think that community is the biggest part of, um, getting through what is not an easy, an easy choice of career, but brings so much joy. And, um, yeah, I just, I just hope, and this podcast has been a big part of that, of big part of bringing people together. I love listening oh, to you guys. Oh, and thank you, um, so much. you guys include such a wide variety of guests and um, talk about all kinds of things. And yeah, just like lift each other up and support each other. And I know that sounds like <laughs> so cheesy in a way, but um and your dog agrees. Yeah, you know? he's your dog Exuberly. agrees. Mm-hmm. Hello, Harrison. Yeah. So I, uh, um, yeah. So I'm just I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for the community that continues to lift each other up. It's it's the best place on the internet. Audrey, thank you so much for the kind words. That's so sweet. We were Absolutely. so happy to have you on, and I just yeah, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for listening this week. Find all of our episodes and other associated links and information at linktree.com slash verse show. Or reach out to us on Twitter. Thanks again, and we'll see you next verse. Bye.